Warning, this chapter of Distance Nerding was recorded live, which means there may be strong language, unsuitable for children, and unusual humor, which may be unsuitable for everyone who claims to be human. Parental discretion is advised. It is now time for uh, the breakdown. You guys ready for the breakdown? I'm so ready because I totally want to talk about the Mandalorian! You do. Break it down! I'm excited for this whole thing. You guys have no idea because, oh man, uh, we are we are going to get into this. So, uh, oh, yeah. Mandalorian season three, episode two, chapter eighteen: The Minds of Mandalore. The plot accelerates in the Mandalorian season three, episode two, entitled "Chapter Eighteen: The Minds of Mandalore," taking Pedro Pascal's Din Djarin and Grogu to the ruined planet of Mandalore. Din begins to begins the true journey set out for him by reaching the planet of Mandalore. Lore. Initial thoughts, guys. How excited or hyped were you guys about season two uh, and the book of Boba seeing Andor going into Mandalorian season three? Uh, in, in reality, just kind of after watching that first episode, knowing he was going to go to Mandalore uh, and and kind of getting what we got in this episode. Uh, what were your thoughts without jumping into too many spoilers? What were your thoughts on the episode? Gravy, you want to go? Um, I, I I just I thought this is me great, and I thought some of our theories last week were actually pretty spot on. Oh yes, dude. <laughs> As soon as one of those theories, as soon as we got one of those theories, uh, <laughs> I I text uh, 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 or I messaged Frey and was like, "You called that shit." <laughs> I know. Right? I'll, like, yeah. I'll say this one, Matt Pat, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming for you, Matt Pat. Uh, so no, I, I mean, anything. I gotta send him an, an invitation, right? If I can get him on the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you on that uh, graveyard. I think I so when I okay when they first started talking about it at the mm. end. Of season two when he's like well I guess I gotta go to the you know living waters I thought this whole like this whole season would culminate to it I was like they're gonna slow burn it it's gonna be that thing and then you know episode two and it's like hey we're going to Mandalore and I was like son of a bitch I'm in <laughs> you know I mean I really was <laughs> I was like yes let's do this because I thought I was gonna have to wait like a whole All season, season. Yeah. yeah so I was oh, so shit, we're already on we're already on Mandalore like episode two yeah. we're already on Mandalore. What's next? <laughs> right. So <laughs> a shit ton happening this season if they're already on Mandalore. Right. I mean, and yeah, there's gonna be a lot of side quests on this. You know, there are gonna be it's gonna be like, okay, now you go here and you talk to these Mandalorians, and you go here and you talk to these Mandalorians. And right. yeah, side so quest, side quest, side quest. <laughs> well, yeah, because you have to like if you're well, I can't say that because it's a spoiler, but um, so we'll talk about that later. But yeah, there's a certain thing that if you do this, other people must see it for for the for it to count and so you have to have an audience so i think they're gonna have to go get their audience i, think oh, that's I just want to point out in the chat that Forrest is absolutely correct you eat the hottest buffalo wings and you take a scoop of the cool of the ranch ice mm -hmm. cream down it's a perfect well no so you get the <laughs> buffalo wing ice cream and you eat that and get <laughs> really and then you get <laughs> then you take the ranch ice cream <laughs> <laughs> all right so so phil was what was your What's your take on this? I I was super excited to begin with that going into the episode. Um, again, we had a whole bunch of stuff that we uh, predicted for the end of the season that happened in this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and which we'll get to once we talk about the 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 the, the spoilers and everything later on because I, I do have to give a spoiler alert for everybody on here but i mean so many things that happened in this that i kind of was wasn't expecting to happen in this episode um what I, there was one thing that i that, that i thought was going to happen that was completely upended on this like i thought there was going to be like remnants of mandalorians on mandalore uh and and there wasn't that but i mean like just a lot of the stuff that we saw was was nuts and again going into this just you know i, I wasn't expecting uh i guess one of the things that that people were saying is that um by the end of the season Grogu was supposed to like speak and we almost got that in this episode yeah and it's it was just so cute with uh uh Pelly motto mm-hmm. and like her and him jumping to her and she's like oh my god she's that crazy aunt that lets you get away with everything oh absolutely is yeah she yeah and then she's her. like did you hear he said my name he said my name you know it's that kind of like overly proud aunt so you see Grogu like developing his family as well not just Mando but he's got others that care for him now too so. just me or did Grogu have uh uh Mogwai vibes when he when when he did that yes oh yeah he did that was cute <laughs> yes it, this is truly Grogu and friends Grogu friend. <laughs> really is uh Let so me tell you about on. my best friend Sorry. <laughs> before we move on and get into the uh into the uh uh the the I was gonna say the spoilers uh into the Easter eggs uh let's throw up a spoiler alert here just let everybody know that we are going to be covering a couple of spoilers here All right, so let's let's talk let's talk Easter eggs here, right? Um, so the Mandalorian opens with a couple of familiar Star Wars species. We get a Rodian and a Jawa uh, uh, wearing Boonta Eve celebration outfits. Um, it was so cool. It was on Boonta Eve. I just it was, and I thought that was a cool thing that you know they're celebrating Boonta Eve, uh, which again I love the way that they they've managed to mesh you know concepts from the original series from the original uh, trilogy with the uh, the sequel trilogy because Boonta Eve was born in episode one yeah. uh, and you know like they, they kind of go into that and talk about like okay uh, you know Boonta Eve is happening and this is the celebration for Boonta Eve uh, but at the same time we're getting original characters from the original series uh, and and like I love the way that they mesh everything together and make it all work uh, it, in a way it makes just sense. makes it seem more real you know right. and I think that that's that's the cool thing it, it really sent it centers the universe it really right. does right I mean it was kind of like how in the very first episode of the man Mandalorian. Uh, he, he talks about um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the, some, something day. Oh, um, life day. Life day. About, yeah, it was that guy's life day. He's like, oh, yeah, my he life day's coming about, up. And, yeah, yeah, he talks about like life day is coming up, right? And it's like that was something that was born in the uh, um, in the Christmas special. So I mean, yeah, like, in the holiday special. The the holiday, but so so is Boba Fett. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like, I, I like the idea of hey, here are a couple things that people don't like to admit exist, but let's put it in here in a way that makes it to where like you're not upset they're mentioning this stuff right you know, talks yeah. about life day you know and it's like that's that's awesome you know because we get easter eggs from the, the holiday special as much as everybody hates the holiday special uh and it's like you get these easter eggs from that and then you know again you're getting all these things from the original series or from uh from the sequel series that people didn't necessarily like but they're doing it in a way where it's like oh this is actually really good yeah, yeah i mean and you have so <clears throat> the only thing they haven't really pulled the trigger on is jar jar yet <clears throat> until Which they I, pull the jar jar trigger i'm like Darth okay they jar really jar. 
Yeah, Darth, Darth Jar Jar. Um, <laughs> or just Senator it, Jar Jar or whatever. But the thing so. is, I think at some point we're going to see a Gungan. I, 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 I yeah. do not put it past them to, to, to do Gungans just because um, we haven't fully seen the Galactic Senate yet. Mm-mm. They've mentioned yeah. Galactic Senate a couple times, but you got to remember uh, after the war in episode one, um, the Gungans became representatives of Naboo. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, if we see um, the Galactic Senate in its full and in, in, in its entirety, I'm sure we'll see Gungans in the crowd. Yeah, I think so. I think it's probably more than likely going to happen in Andor. But um, yeah. but yeah, I do think that we may see something, obviously not interact with them, but do see them as kind of that, hey, oh, look, there's Gungans, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, I, I you know, I think well, that. It might be cool to see a Gungan off world, right? Because Gungans usually are on Naboo and they're very local to Naboo. Like it would be kind of cool to see like, oh, well, now that they're spa- a spacefaring uh, uh, race, you know, because they, they're representatives of the Galactic Senate. Like, that would be kind of cool to see, like, a Gungan that just left um, Otogunga and you see them on a planet, you know? Like, right. Kind of cool to see them, like, on Selkath or something like that. Like, that'd be pretty Oh, cool. yeah. That'd be really cool to see them on that, on Selkath. Yeah. yeah so. Or, uh, anywho. Mon- <laughs> or, or on Mon Calamari, you know? Like, that would yeah, be. Yeah, I was going to say, it would be really, I was thinking Mon Calamari, but when you said Selkath, I was like, no, that, I, I think that'd be really cool because right. I, I think they'd lose their mind on Selkath. I think, yeah. you know, on Mon Calamari, they'd be okay. I mean, Selkath is another water planet. So, I mean, I, I it, know, but it's still, they're a little bit rowdier than the Mon Calamari tend to be, I think. So, <laughs> definitely are a lot more rowdier than the, yeah. the Mon Calamari. Um, so, Grogu's growing force powers are very reminiscent of Yoda. Uh, he's, he does a force jump into Peli's arms. Um, you know, the, the, the age Jedi Master was proficient in combat forms of Ataru, which requires the same kind of force leaps. Grogu's training with, like, uh, with Luke has, uh, clearly left Grogu with much more pr- proficiency than in the Force than, than we all thought that he had in the first place. Now, they also did mention that he was with Luke for two years. Yeah, I was going to say that we didn't get to see a lot of the training, so I mm-hmm. could see, like, the jumps and him being more in control of the of his Force abilities. I think that's that's a good thing. And, I, you know, I think he's remembering also his prior training. He's starting to remember things like that. Uh, the more he's comfortable, the more, you know, because he does have major PTSD this kid oh, yeah. and so the more he's comfortable the more he's where he feels safe mm-hmm. the more he's going to remember things and he's probably we're going to probably see some pretty significant force stuff it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does because we do see him throwing alamite out of a cave so I mean like, yeah you know like that's 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 definitely something that uh it'll be kind of cool to see like where Grogu goes and and what he's learned and kind of like how he incorporates that with um with with his Mandalorian training. Yeah, and it does Mandalorian go, stuff. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Gravy? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see where it's going to take because, you know, for the most part, I mean, was it even considered in outside the EU that the Mandalorians were mercenaries hired by, you know, the Galactic Empire to fight the Jedi? I mean, is that canon right now or is it still just EU? I think that, I know there was the war, mm-hmm. um, but I think that was the Mandalorians and the Jedi having a beef with them, like each other. I don't think, now it may have been manipulated by the the emperor at the time uh, or well before he was the emperor but that he may have manipulated that but I do think that that they would just had their own beef I don't think it was a you know hey we're gonna fight because you guys are paying us I don't the way that they are presenting the Mandalorians now on this series doesn't they're more about honor than they are about money they use money to survive they try to stick with their honor code did they sure. confirm that in the show that Baskar can rep- 
Capel lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did come yeah. best guard, and that's the reason right. why um, why Except they set they... the dark saber or something or right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because um, that's always that, and that's why that's why in the EU the the Empire used Mandalorians to fight the Jedi because they keep their warriors, their mercenaries, guns for hire, and their yeah. armor to withstand lightsabers. So they were the perfect army to go fully execute Order Six after the fact. Right. Yeah, and I wonder if we're gonna see different factions. I mean, we've got Children of the Watch, and we've got mm. um, the you know Bo-Katan's, uh her factions, and like the one. So I'm wondering if there's not like a third or maybe there are four factions. We don't know how many factions there are. Well, that's... But that does that. That that is their code is to go out and fight right. <laughs> Jedi that's, or whatever. That that's one of the things that I mentioned in one of my predictions by the end of the show was that I think that Din is going to um is going to unite the the uh right. the, the nomadic factions of Mandalorians. Like I think that I think what it what it's really gonna come down to is it's not there's like different factions, but I think all the clans went went their own separate ways. Uh especially after Mandalore was destroyed was destroyed the way that it was. Um I, I think that I, I think they're all gonna I think they all just kind of like went their own separate ways and are uh kind of just like banding together as far as their own clans go. You know, uh because we've seen in in um you know we're gonna get to this in a second but like you know uh uh Din talks about how he was born and raised on Concordia right and and in the um in Clone Wars uh they talk about how Concordia was a um like like the, it, it was uh pre Vizsla and Death Watch kind of like uh uh took over Concordia you know and that, that there's a lot of like factions that went to Concordia and things like that that uh, separated themselves from uh uh the main Mandalorians because they felt the Mandalorians on Mandalore were not following the code of Mandalore anymore. So I mean, like, right. you know, like you, you, I think that it's going to be something more along those lines where we're going to see like different clans who are working together and stuff like that. But Din is going to find a way to to unite all the clans and make Mandalore Mandalore again. Like, right. I, well, to, to, to put it in this way, because I hate using this reference, but he's <laughs> yes. going to make Mandalore great again. Well, yeah. and that, that's what I was asking about what was canon in this because I can see them because if they've always been a long opposer of the Jedi. Not the Jedi Order is being built, and that now there's a Jedi trained Mando that he might unite the Jedi and the Mandos together with Rogan. Right. I mean, and that's that's also a possibility. It it, it was never that the Mandalorians were against the Jedi, it was just more that that the Empire paid better. Right. <laughs> it, it, a lot of it was just more, and it wasn't even that. Like the the for the most part, we don't see very many Mandalorians within Star Wars lore. Um, you see a lot of clones, right? Which are technically clones of Mandalorians, and right. you see Boba Fett and Jango Fett. Jango Fett became a clanless mercenary, and right. Boba Fett is uh is not Mandalorian by creed. He's Mandalorian by birth. So it's kind of like, and, and even then, most Mandalorians don't consider him Mandalorian because he's a clone of his father. So it's like, you know, because he's not, so, and, and his father was a foundling to begin with, so it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, he's got a, a shaky uh, claim anyway. So. Right, you know, the only reason, because his his chain code, uh, uh, it, it gave him rights to that armor, because his his father passed down the armor to him, technically, because his father died, but I mean, like, you know, the, the armor was passed to him, and by, by Mandalorian right, that was his armor. Right. And I think the armor had 
had been passed down to Django from his, uh, from the <clears throat> whoever took him in because right. the whole family. Because that was part of the so. family, right? That that yeah. um, that armor was a part of um, of of his clan. Now, what I also noticed, and and I, and I think about this all the time, right? So your sigil is based on your clan and and your accomplishments. The mm -hmm. fact that Django's armor had the mythosaur on it means that in my mind that he came from an imperial clan. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that does make sense. Because the mythosaur is is the representation of all of Mandalore, which mm -hmm. means that in order to have the mythosaur on your armor, um that you had to be a part of one of the imperial clans, which probably also makes is part of the reason why why Bo-Katan, you know, doesn't really like him because she probably yeah. recognized the imperial sig uh, sigil on him and was just like you you do not belong to this to that clan. Yeah. I could see and, that. And James says tribes. Bo-Katan calls them tribes. She does call them tribes. Mm -hmm. They're trying to, you know, steer clear of... Clan. Words. I'm, I'm, I'm words. part of the 14th Legion clan. What are you talking about? <laughs> God. Uh, so, so again, I, I jumped into a whole bunch of stuff there, but uh, R5-D4 mm -hmm. uh, apparently served in the Rebel Alliance. Um, now, we, we get R5-D4 reintroduced again. This is the third time he's been introduced in here. Um, and... That little so, droid that could. The little droid that could, uh, the droid that sabotaged his own motivator because he believed that R2-D2 ha had to be sold to the Lars family, uh, which was uh, confirmed in some of the expanded universe stuff, um, but has also been brought up in uh, some of the Rebel Alliance stuff, some of the um, uh, some of the some of the books that are canon now. So, uh, and then Pelimoto, uh, you know, was overstating the 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 significance of R5 and yeah. how brave he was, even though he was kind of being a coward. So, I mean, like yeah. he's like, I don't want to do this. Why yeah. are you making me do this? Uh, a lot of it also, like, there's there's, there's uh, speculation that R5, the reason that he's afraid is they're giving him a lot of human emotions in this, but it has more <laughs> to do with PTSD than it has to do with him being a coward. It's more that just he's been through a lot and doesn't want to go through more of it. Yeah. Well, probably needs a good mind wipe. Yeah. I was going to say he's a droid, which makes it weird. But I mean, like, you know, they do give droids kind of like human, human like uh, emotions in Star Wars. So, yeah. Well, they do. I mean, you're talking about the book that came out a couple of years ago, but I believe in Tales from Tatooine and from Mos Eisley that he also has a story in as well. In the right. right. So Droid's been around. Oh yeah, he's been around a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, I mentioned earlier about the uh, the Moon of Concordia, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and it, it is kind of cool that when Din's giving Grogu a um, uh, uh, kind of a tour <laughs> a navigation lesson, like he's giving yeah. him a lesson on navigation, uh, he points out Concordia and that's why I'm from I'm from the moon of Concordia um, which you know again has a long history with Death Watch so yeah it does and then what did he what was the other um, I can't ever remember the other moon where the Kree's family I always forget the name of... and it's like something like C as well like cut or C something I don't know anyway mm. in the chat if you guys know in the chat let us know <laughs> but <laughs> it was just cool that it was all there and he could point it out talk about how uh, if you know how to do this you'll never be lost kind of thing and so that's kind of neat well because they don't really depend on droids that's the whole idea is that yeah. they have to learn to read the star maps themselves and it's but it's just cute it's such a cute dad thing to do yeah absolutely is yeah so uh, this is funny. I pulled it up on Wikipedia mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it shows uh, it lists moons of Mandalore, uh, Concordia and the second moon. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought that was funny. I was like, seriously? Like they didn't they, on Wikipedia they couldn't put the name of it on here? Okay. See that? Before <laughs> I'm like, mm-mm. Six, so. eight, nine. Apparently there's nine planets in uh in the Mandalore system. Oh wow, that's that cool. Sense. And Man- well, maybe it's another planet then. Yeah, Mandalore is the fifth planet in 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 the orbit. Well, it was close enough where you could see Mandalore and Concordia and her place. So Holy her little one bedroom apartment that she's got in. Uh so there's oh, a dude. there's a planet that they have called uh Shukut. It has no. it has 30 moons. Wow. That thing is ridiculous. That's that's huge. I mean, they don't know whether they're coming or going, honestly. I know, right? Uh, Think okay. about the the waves <laughs> in that on that planet. I know. <laughs> that would just be crazy. It's got to be cool. <laughs> I, it's probably a gas giant. I guarantee it. It's probably, a yeah, probably that big. Um, especially like kind of where it is. It's the eighth planet in the in, in the orbit, so it's probably. A gas oh, it's further away. Yeah, so it probably would be a gas giant. Um, so next Easter egg, and this is that this is a pretty exciting one. Din Jaren's pressurized Mandalorian helmet, right? Yeah, that I I I thought that was really cool. So I'm interested right. in what you're gonna say. Yeah. So there's always been intense debate about how Mandalorian helmets work in terms of navigating toxic and de- deadly environments. Uh, that answer was finally given to us in episode three or episode two of season three. Um, so he he pressurizes his helmet on the harsh environment on the harsh environment of Mandalore. Um, and the audio nod is like a Vader nod, right? You get the, uh, mm-hmm. the artificial breathing, and it's got the, um, uh, the the breathing stuff. So it's a cool, uh, subtle nod to Vader. Um, but it was it, it's it's kind of cool that we see that they can pressurize their helmets when uh, when they're in like uh, environments that are more harsh. And didn't he say about uh, he did the same? thing to Rogu's uh, little pod. His pod, yeah. He can pressurize yeah. his pod. Yeah, he can pressurize his pod too. So that was kind of cool. I was like, that's really neat. Well, that see, that makes, that makes sense because his pod, he was in for a while, so he has, yeah. has oxygen circulation. But, I mean, the, the idea of the suit, I mean, you'd have to have pressurized suit built into it, obviously, because obviously just armor pieces that overlay everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it was more because he thought that it was, the atmosphere was poisonous. Right. And so he wanted to filter out the poison so so that's i mean honestly i think i think that's what it was pressurized for but i wouldn't see like if they had tactical outfits like maybe once upon a time they did that it wouldn't have just like bluetooth in or something i don't know a bluetooth in <laughs> yeah you're like hey are you connected to my uh breastplate okay let's get this let's uh let's do the shit you know kind of thing <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny there are hey worse science out there i'm just telling you <laughs> there are worse sciences out there so. it, it is, I mean, it is Star Wars. Like everything's yeah. sensational in Star Wars. So uh, let's get into the weight of the dark saber, man. Um, so it, it, it <laughs> Din still does not have a complete hold on 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 using the saber, right? It's still yeah. heavy for him. He still can't uh, can't use it very well. It's very unwieldy for him. Uh, he gets attacked by a bunch of Alamites, and, uh, and and he can barely keep it together uh, holding that saber up. Uh, versus a little bit further down the line, uh, you know, when when he's getting when he gets uh, uh, kidnapped. Um, and Bo-Katan picks Bo-Katan it up. Bo-Katan picks it up. And she, dude, like. You, it's like she was born to wield it. Right. I mean, it is, ama- she a wield, she's just amazing with it. Yeah, because you can see, like, you know, she 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 wields it with such, like, expertise. Finesse, yeah. And finesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the things that they talk about is, um, is the, the so the Darksaber, um, where is it? I have it right here. So the, so the Darksaber responds to the will of its wielder, right? Uh, and. And Din, you know, Din doesn't have a, a hold on it, but Bo-Katan has a lot of internal consistency and resolution and purpose. So she she's able to wield it in a way because she's been training her whole life to to, to be the leader of Mandalore. So right. she has this willpower that Din doesn't just.
just doesn't have. Din's still trying to find himself. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it has more to do with um, conflict, inner conflict. Like if you right. have major inner conflict and Den does, I mean, he's wrestling with a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of stuff on it. He's a single dad. <laughs> His <laughs> beloved spaceship was incinerated. It definitely was. Then he had to have a fight with this crazy dude who kind of wanted to fight him, kind of didn't want Grogu. I mean, he was teased throughout the whole, like, two freaking seasons and then you know so he's like got anxiety he's probably a little depressed especially since he took his helmet off so he's got depression anxiety ptsd we know he's got that yeah definitely. you know he's got a lot of stuff on his plate so i'm just saying that no wonder that i'm surprised he can lift the thing yeah because and- that the dark saber is like look dude you have way too much shit going on yeah. i don't even want to be in this relationship kind of thing <laughs> like i'm just getting out now before i get attached kind and of then thing. uh and then Four is mentioning in the chat that Sabine was decent with it. Um, yeah. Was, but she always mentioned that the Darksaber was heavier than she ever thought it was. So, I mean, like, even she, I think she was able to to, to kind of, like, counter the um, the weight of it just by kind of just yeah. with her level of skill. But the thing is, is that she also, I don't think she was meant for it in the same way that, that Din wasn't meant for it. But I think that she knew who she was. Like, I honestly, yeah. it comes down to that for me, is that she knew who she was. She knew what she was fighting for and she knew who she was right. and and den doesn't have that yeah. i don't know if he ever will because be din, din is fighting that a lot like he mm-hmm. wants he, like his whole thing is his entire way of life is death watch and he's learning that there are other ways and he's just like i i don't know how what i'm supposed to believe or how i'm supposed to believe things uh now this episode of course we get you know he he, he does still have a lot more resolution than than it seems because you know we um we we, we see him you know reciting the words and going into the water you know we see him uh it was kind of callous the way that he mentions it, but um, Bo-Katan talks about her father and his sacrifice, and Din looks at her, rather than it being like, you know, rather than him identifying with her sadness that her father gave his life for, for Mandalore, he reveres him almost and is like, yeah, you know, she, she was like, he gave his life for Mandalore, and he goes, this is the way. Yeah. And, and he, it, again, it may not have been the way that he should have said it to her, because she was, she's more in touch with her emotions than he is right but at the same time he he was honoring her father and saying that he he gave the ultimate sacrifice the way that a mandalorian should it's the warrior's death it's the yeah. death, right well that and then you saw like way, as yeah as as den got into the uh went like went into the water that she looked at the way she looked at him and i granted she had did she have her helmet on no she didn't have her helmet on then no uh but the way she was looking at him as he was reciting it going into the water water as like even though she's you know part she's partially like look most of this is bullshit you know but like she he started doing that and she just like she went silent and just watched him go in almost like she was like wow i feel like i'm witnessing something really important you know i mean it it was it was really good like she the the whole thing is she grew up with everything being arbitrary right she grew up with Mm -hmm. all of this stuff just being like these are all ceremonial things that we don't believe in anymore and to see somebody who actually believes 
believe in the traditions and the ceremonies that the that the Mandalorians once believed in. You know, it's almost like she's seeing in a, in a new way in the first time yeah. for, for the first time as a princess that she took for granted. Right? Yeah. She talks yeah. about bathing in the waters of uh, of of um, ba- ba- like bathing in the sacred waters waters as a um, as a tradition and something that she had to do because she was the princess of Mandalore versus seeing him willingly do it and believe that he is going to be cleansed and yeah. seeing the religious aspect of what she knows that her people once believed in. So I, th- I think a lot of it, yeah, ex- exactly what James said in the chat, it's restoring her faith. Yeah, I think that both of them grew a lot in this yeah. episode, um, learned a lot and are, are getting closer together, whereas their characters really started far apart. I think they're moving closer together and they're getting closer than ever. Right. Uh, and I to, like it. To a marriage, perhaps? Yes. I definitely <laughs> think that. I mean, I'm I still... I don't think they're going to get married. And the reason the reason I don't think they're going to get married is because I think that they're trying to move away from those types of tropes. I think that's the way to do it. You either, and I'm going to say this, and it's crude, I apologize. Um, either fuck it or fight it, right? Yeah. That's really the two things. Those are like the primal instincts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they won't believe in it, but the other people will and to get them to unite I think it'll happen I don't I don't I think it's going to be just a political thing I don't think it's going to have any bearing on whatever I think that'll be later when they do like you know Mandalorian after dark or whatever and, <laughs> but uh but I, do- series, I, I think that Din's going to die uh as much as I don't want Din to die uh I think by the end of the series he's going to sacrifice himself and that he is going to um become a symbol for 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 Mandalore. Yeah, I think it's it. Somebody's got to sacrifice themselves. So it's either going to be Den or it's going to be Bo. Right. One of those two. And I think at the end of the series, uh, Grogu is going to be the Mandalore. I think he's going to take the dark saber. And yeah, yeah. And and the reason that I think that because we don't see Din in any of the stuff that's post uh, uh, Mandalorian, like in in you know any of the things that are that are post, but we do hear about Bo-Katan. So it's yeah, kinda, I think that Bo-Katan. Uh, you know, I, I think that Din ends up sacrificing himself at some point by the, by the end of the show, and Bo-Katan uses him as a symbol f- to, to unite the people. And that would be great because uh, that'll make her a widow, and then she <laughs> lets her son become Mandalore, and she becomes Queen Regent. There we go. We're done. It's over. <laughs> We've written the ending. John Favreau, call us, and oh, we God. will give you that ending. Exactly. You can. There you, you go. Can have it now. Uh, we do get to visit Sindari. Uh, and, and <laughs> this is the first time that we see Sundari post. Uh, That's the name, Sundari. Oh, That's okay. where she's from. <laughs> if we just look down a little. All right. Go Sundari, ahead. So, so Sundari is the capital city on Mandalore. Um, and uh, again, so we do get to see Sundari post glassing of Mandalore. Uh, and it's just uh, the, the Easter egg of it is it, it's still built the same way that we saw in the Clone Wars in season seven, but it's yeah. completely ruined and destroyed you know it's so, just blackened and yeah like, yeah it looks like obsidian almost yeah you know like the city is just destroyed but it's like we get to see sundari after uh uh the empire destroyed it and, and glassed the uh the planet so it's kind of cool to see sundari in a post-apocalyptic kind of thing yeah well know? and i liked the reaction of both of the mandalorians in this 
was. Yeah. You know, so I, Din was like, hey, this is where my people, this is where our people are from. And he's all positive about it. And then Bo comes with Grogu and she's like, it didn't used to be like this. It yeah. used to be beautiful. It used to. And so she, you can see where they're coming from. I liked that, how they did that, how they had Grogu basically go through the same thing, uh, you know, twice so he could yeah. see both perspectives. And I think that's more important than probably what we all realized. But right uh, now, this was a really cool thing. And I hope we get to see more of this. But uh, we see Bo-Katan's gauntlet. Oh, yeah. That ship. Ooh. That oh, my ship God. is so badass. I, uh, so we've seen it in Clone it. Wars. I know, right? We've seen it in Clone Wars. We've seen it uh, in every every property whenever we see uh, Bo-Katan in a ship. Uh, I mean, we saw it for a second in season two. Um, but we actually get to see it like kind of fly in and see some of the uh, uh, the, the, the movements of the ship. Um, I, I want to see I, I want to see combat capabilities this season. I want to see her in a dog fight in that ship and just wrecking shit. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because I want to see how it bangs. It's badass and, oh, shit. Yeah, it's, yeah, beautiful ship. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro Pascal walking through a post-apocalyptic city with some creatures looking in the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last of us. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I I think this is going to be my uh, methadone to get over The Last of Us is the, the rest of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so we do get to see Bo-Katan's Mandalorian shield. Again, something that we've seen in Rebels, something that we've seen in Clone Wars. Uh, kind of cool to see it in uh, um, in live action. So she has uh, uh, the shield and then, you know, she's also using it while she's wielding the dark saber, saber. So she's got almost like a traditional knight situation going on with the shield mm-hmm. on her arm and the lightsaber and, and, and the dark saber in her hand. Uh, yeah, it's very, very twist on the paladin type of thing. So. It, is. it is. Oh my god. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's cool that, you know, we see the hollow shield when she's fighting the Alamites and everything like that. It's you know, uh, it's it's not just her armor that she's relying on. She has other means to uh, to protect. Did you notice that her shield is blue, but uh, Visla's, whoever the Visla uh-huh. uh, uh, is, yeah, Paz Visla, his was, yeah, orange, like gold Mm-hmm. in Book of Boba Fett. So I thought that was a cool detail that hers is blue where she, if you look at her clan, it's blue as well with the uh, Breeze clan. So I just thought that was a neat um, touch that they made hers a different color than, than Paz. Right. And I know that um, within Star Wars a lot of times those sh- the, 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 the color of the shield uh, uh, depicts the strength of the shield as well. Mm. You know, so like, uh, especially like, okay, so if you look at uh, if the, you, you look at Battle droids for example right a lot of times if there was a battle droid that was shielded it would have like a yellow shield and then you would mm-hmm. see the uh um the droidicas had blue shields right? yeah blue and then they turned red when they were failing and, right yeah, right so. so like you know a lot of times the the droidica shields were always uh uh way stronger than any of the shields that say like a, a mark ii battle droid had yeah oh yeah absolutely i just thought it was kind of a neat color color difference that right. they didn't have to put in but they did and so i was like that's kind of neat so right <laughs> james yeah. Anyway. James is killing it with the jokes in the chat. Look at this. Bo-Katan, I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the biggest Easter egg of the entire episode, the one thing that we predicted, or I, 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 I'm not going to say we, that Frey predicted. 
We only get a glimpse of it, and it is so badass. So Din gets dragged under the water, right? Uh, and and he's he's getting kind of like you know dragged through the bottom of the living waters. Bo-Katan jumps in, trying uh, try and rescue him, and she finds him, and she starts pulling him up. She turns on her lights, and we see a mythosaur, motherfucking mythosaur, alive under the water. It looked a little sleepy. Yeah, it, I, who knows how long this fucking has been under there? Um, you know. And I mean, there's been a couple of like different like prophecies. You know, of course, there's always been like the uh, um, Mandalore will return on the back of a mythosaur, but mythosaurs are extinct. So that's the whole thing is like everybody's like, well, well Mandalore will never come back because mythosaurs yeah. aren't here. And we see a fucking mythosaur. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, it's like, it's going to be the, the second, it's going to be like, Oh, you know, the, there's also one that was like, the, uh, when the mythosaurs return, it will bring the Mandalorian people together or something like that. And right. so, yeah, but that's why I'm saying audience, they need an audience for this. They can't be the only ones that saw it. And I don't even know if Din saw it. Oh, I, I don't think Din saw it at all. I think that was yeah. just Bo-Katan seeing it. Cause she reacted to it and Din was like knocked out at that point. So but I, mean- I, I do think that they had to be together for it to happen. I think there's something yep. in that they are bound in some way by this. So. Yeah, I, I mean, just seeing the mythosaur under under the water again. Mandalore was the the the, the rider of the mythosaur. He was the only mm-hmm. uh, uh, the only being to ever tame a mythosaur and ride it. One well, of the not, things, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was go, say go, go. one of the things that I wonder about is we don't know how long mythosaurs live, right? And the yeah. reason I say that is because because what if this is the same mythosaur that Mandalore rode? I was thinking Ooh. that too. I was wondering if it's the same one or if it's just um, one, like, you know, it, it was an egg and, you know, they buried it or it was there, like the other mythosaurs buried it there and it's the last surviving mythosaur. And then, right. you know, but I, I wonder if it is the same one. I think that would be really cool if it was. Um, it's going to be interesting know. because we've seen a lot of um, like artist renditions of mythosaurs. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what what a full size mythosaur is going to look like now that this is going to be the canon version of a mythosaur right like it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like and the the beasts do seem to be getting bigger each season if you've oh, yeah. noticed it's, well, like, say it's like that's one of the foreshadowing right like yeah. was uh, foreshadowing with with this like the first thing that happens in the show uh spoilers again is that um that din takes down this giant croc monster right so i mean yeah. Yeah, he can take down big big beasts it's not a it's not a problem right Right. Uh, yeah, the problem's going to be is that they don't need to take it down. They need to tame it right. and ride it. You know, and, and I, again, I love what these guys are doing as far as like bringing in a lot of these mythological creatures that we've never seen in Star Wars. Like we saw a crate dragon last season. Right. right? And, how, and how big was that? I mean, they lived a long time. Yeah. yeah. I believe. The thing was gigantic. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it was a less ugly tremor. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. And that's <laughs> so it's it's got it's got to be huge and i think it's going to be like a giganotosaurus size yeah i mean this thing is i gonna, think it's going to be huge this thing is going to be gigantic right um yeah. you know it, and then you're going to have little little grogu on it and all you're going to see is this little like green pinprick on him oh that's no, it an egg will there'll be an egg there that he doesn't eat no hash and he'll have his own mythosaurus <laughs> yes oh and then we can fully realize the mandalorian is game of thrones i know right <laughs> 
the rider of dragons. Um, another thing to, to think about too is what if, and I know if, if we go the route of, um, of uh, Knights of the Old Republic, right? The, the, the great uniter was not a force wielder, right? Mandalore the Great was not a yeah. force wielder. But what if they, given that Knights of the Old Republic is now not canon and they've been slowly bringing canon, uh, like parts of it back into canon, what if they make it to where Mandalore the Great was a force wielder and that's how he could tame the mythosaur? Because remember, and, and again, this would go with the themes of the show, right? Um, that would make Grogu the one that tames the, the mythosaur. Right. I think that that's where they are leading because they had the, the Purgles in the first one and he noticed them. And they had already set it up because um, Ezra could mm -hmm. communicate with them. So we know that power is already out there. Well, we know so, that we can do that because he, yeah. he he essentially tamed the Rancor for a second. And then uh, yeah. same thing in the first season uh, uh, with with, with uh, the Mudhorn. I mean, like, you know, mm -hmm. he's we, we've seen that Grogu can communicate with animals, right? So it's just kind of like, you know, yeah. what, he's the one I, that tames the Mythosaur. Well, I think, think it, that's it's a, been I, leading it to that. No, go ahead. Do you go think ahead, that's please. just a innate trait of his species? Because Yoda lived on a planet where he is definitely not the biggest life form ever. And he oh, yeah. would probably be able to live and be able to keep the big beasts essentially live outside his cave. His mm -hmm. at bay. Yeah. So maybe it's just a natural trait of the species. Right. Now, the thing is, is that well, because of the mystery behind their race, I don't think he's from Dagobah. I think he just he yeah. went in exile on Dagobah because it was harder for it to find him there. But he did go where there was a lot of life. So he would have need to have known right. how to survive in that climate. Right. So I do think that, that that could be part of it. Right. Good. I have a really out there theory because mm -hmm. I've been studying the Mandalorian since like just since this season started again. And I'm like, and I might have a theory about Yoda species. Okay. So in the in the expanded universe, they the Tongs were the ones that first came to Mandalore and they had the the, the mask and everything in Mandalore. The first man, you know, the first actual Mandalore wore that mask and they uh they passed it down from generations. I'm wondering if the Tongs were are the same species as Yoda's people, but the ones that left, um, they evolved differently than the ones that stayed. Interesting. And so they have a common ancestor. And I'm wondering if that's what it is. I have no basis on this. I just heard the name and I was like, if they bring these this part of it into canon and the mask and everything, it might be a backdoor to that it was actually a different like ancestor of Yoda's people. And that that might be like, you know, they they may actually also be called the Tongs or whatever. They may be called something else. But I just was like, wouldn't that be interesting? And that's why this is all coming. But then, you know, I yeah. said that they're gonna get married. So what do I know? Uh this one, th this one right here, graveyard, I'll understand what I'm saying here. Like, uh, I hope that when they reveal what Grogu's race is, that they're not gonna do it in a way where it's like a big reveal. Uh, I, I feel like the best way for them to do it is the way that Destiny did the Elixir, mm. right? Where it was like they called them the Fallen throughout the entire game, but then yep. all of a sudden they just started referring to them as the Elixir. Yes, right. So like yeah. you know, and and I I think that that would be a good a cool call, like where it's just they refer to it in a way where it's just normal and it's not just like a big thing, and you just like uh, almost yeah. like a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Yeah, right? like I like the idea of that because then the, it's normalized and it's not like a well here's a big reveal. Right, I, I would rather the reveal be, you know, um, Grogu in his first words. Uh, yeah. I'm also, I'm also, uh, um, I'm also curious as to whether they're gonna make Yoda's speech pattern a unique thing, or if Grogu's 
going to speak that way too. Seattle didn't speak that way. And that's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That way, and neither did uh, the the characters from uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, they didn't. They spoke. They spoke. Yeah. They spoke <laughs> I, I I want. I kind of want Yoda's speech pattern to be something unique. Well, his uh, his first uh, master, like when he became a Padawan, that's how he spoke. So I'm wondering if he if that's just not out of respect for his first master that that's just he took on that speaking pattern <clears throat> and and that's the other thing is uh if you notice Yoda doesn't always speak like that. If you go back and watch the original series, uh, the, the original movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he spoke like that every now and then, but then like when he got really serious, his speech pattern went normal. Yeah, it. Right? it I think it was an it's an affectation. Do you, do yeah. you, do you, I I felt like he's more of the he was playing the Joker, the gesture versus the right. sage. Yeah, yeah, like the Loki part of it. Well, know? it's it's well, it's it's the idea that if someone came across him and if he spoke like that, they wouldn't think he's a higher life. Right, because he's like. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, hurt hurt you. I will not. Run. Yeah, you know? it's almost like a, a it, the idea was a parrot mimicking mm-hmm. stuff. So right. he doesn't he doesn't speak basic well enough to be a higher life, right? right. And then, or and it, it could be the opposite. When you, when you see, I'm oh, sorry, I was gonna say Go when you get serious, right? He's like, uh, and he starts hitting Luke with the uh, uh, w- w- with this cane, right? Yeah. He goes, ever with your mind on on, on or uh, always with your mind in the clouds, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, never uh, never focused on what you have to, you know? Like he he would get serious, and his speech pattern would get normal mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you know I, I kind of feel like as much as everybody and especially like when you go back to to, to uh the the, se- the the prequel trilogy and they kind of overemphasize his speech pattern like that um i feel like still at that point he doesn't normally speak like that but that's deliberate that he does that and and it also makes it seem like he's speaking in riddles even though he's not well, right he, he's always he's always supposed to make you question he's he's always right. in that teacher mode and the enigma that he is mm-hmm. oh but do we ever figure out where his speech she's from because my best bet is from where the force originated because his species seems to be the best the biggest in midichlorian counts so therefore they're around the most creatures living force to be able to soak it in they don't really evolve very fast because their lifespan so long too so they have to be one of the original species in there i mean that could be a thing and that's why there's not a lot yeah. of them <laughs> i mean it, it could be that um i like i love all of these i think it's all fantastic because we don't know anything and deliberately george lucas won't say <laughs> So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that's, I, I, I think that's also Favreau and uh, um and and Filoni are doing the same thing. Is that they're trying to uh uh still keep it kind of a secret, you know? And, well, and- I yeah, because I think they're respecting what George wants, and George wants to keep it a secret. And uh, you know, and to be honest with you, if I never find out, I'll be okay. I mean, I'll just I just call them by their name, and right. I don't think of them from this planet. They're this type of person, you know. And right. so, and maybe that's that's a good thing right we don't know where they're from we're not gonna like shame them for what happened in their planet or what kind of you know they were on this side versus that side in this war because we have no clue (laughs) so so before we move on uh give me your ratings for the episodes guys uh we'll start with we'll start with great what's what what was your um your your rating on this on this episode um eight chasms out of ten sealed cryo suits (laughs) 
<laughs> all right. Uh, nice. All right. So I'm going to say nine sassy Bo-Katans Ooh. out of 10 bumbling over his head, in over his head, Mandos. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to give this nine uh, self-flying R5 units in a uh, Nabu Starfighter uh, <laughs> uh, out of 10 weird uh, monsters with human-like eyes but are still robots somehow. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like none of us said anything about Mythosaur. I'm so proud of all of us. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're waiting on that because you know we're going to have more Mythosaur. Right. Mythosaur is going to be on the store shelves this Christmas. All the plushies you can want. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Fours in the chat said uh, 10 Mando helmets out of 10 Mando Basilisk attack ships. I like oh. the fact that she actually put the class of ship that her ship is. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> That's awesome. You know, just kind of like how a fire spray is the type of ship that the slave one is so yeah um you mean boba fett's ship they don't call it slave one anymore yeah i i i get where the problem with that is but also mm. they're trying to turn him into a uh into an anti-hero and it's like yeah keep in mind that bubble was a dirtbag in, in in the original movies and slave yeah. was his character yeah. um but that on that uh we've already talked about uh predictions and where we think everything's gonna go uh so that is it for the breakdown this week ladies and gentlemen you know, we really should put more time on the whole Mando stuff because we tend to just talk and talk about Mando yeah. no matter yeah. what. This was a production of the Distance Nerding Podcast and Time for Tacos Media. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok, all at Distance Nerding. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, and keep nerding together.